Welcome to our C3 Grow podcast. Wherever you are today, we hope that this message encourages you. We'd love to see you in person at one of our three locations, Howick, Ormiston, and Suva. Visit c3grow.org for details. Today we're kicking off a new series. It's called Drawing Near. And we do uh, this series every February in our church because we want to intentionally focus at the start of the year on God more than we might usually do. We want to commit ourselves to intentionally drawing near to Him, to seeking God. And I think, man, there's no better way truly than to start a year. So unlike most series, Drawing Near doesn't kind of focus around a book of the Bible or a preaching theme, uh, but the most important part of this is us seeking God together as a church in a time of prayer and fasting. Most of this happens during your week when you are not here on a Sunday. So we want to do this time of prayer and fasting together uh, as a church in unity, starting from tomorrow. So what we would love is for each and every one of you to join with us over the next three weeks. Uh, There's a daily prayer guide and some kind of fast, whatever capacity you can do. And we understand this will look a little bit different uh, for each of us, and that's okay. So to engage with this series uh, in prayer and fasting, what you can do is head to our website, c3grow.org, and just on the front page, you can't miss it, you can click the link and it will take you to our daily prayer guide. You can just head to the website and read it every day from there, or you can download it, save it to your phone, there's a wallpaper you can put on your phone, I've got mine on there already, uh, to encourage you and remind you to continue on in your journey of prayer and fasting. So in the prayer guide, um, there is heaps of information. There's some options um, about types of fasts that you can do. Um, There's a plan to follow starting from tomorrow over the next couple of weeks. And so we hope uh, that you can find some kind of fast uh, that suits you, whether it's a food fast of some kind or a soul fast going without something that you like or are accustomed to. The idea is that you choose something that is a sacrifice for you, whatever that may be. Something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, that's a little bit of a stretch for you would be awesome. Uh, And obviously you don't have to do the fast for the whole three weeks. If you're doing um, a a food fast, you're obviously not going to do that for the whole three weeks. Pick a time within the next three weeks when you can do your fast. But if you're doing a soul fast, going without social media or your phone or whatever it is, um, you can definitely do that for the whole three weeks if you would like. So this morning I'm going to talk about fasting and hopefully, if I haven't already won you over, uh, by the end of this message you will be desperate uh, to jump in on board and be be part of this prayer and fasting month. So today's passage is in Matthew 6, 16 to 18. You can find your way there now in your Bibles. I'm reading from the ESV. Matthew 6, 16 to 18. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, 
For they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I love that Jesus is clear and direct here. Let's focus back just on these very first words of this passage for a moment. And when you fast. Did you catch that? Notice he doesn't say if you fast once in your life. He says when you fast. In other words, Jesus is telling us fasting is not only the right and good thing to do, he's also assuming that it's something that would be routinely done by his Disciples, when you fast, it's a good question. When was the last time you fasted? When was the last time I fasted? It's not something that we talk about that often, which again is why we love to commit every February to this. So those words alone of Jesus should be a great encouragement for us all this morning to join in these three weeks of prayer and fasting, when you fast. And I know that there's probably many of us here uh, who this might be a new concept for, uh, many of us who have joined the church in the last year, and there's also lots of us who have been around uh, for years, but perhaps there's some of you who have never stepped over the line and actually joined in with one of our fasts. This time... Let it be the time. Hear the words of Jesus this morning. And like I've said, there are heaps of options to fast. There's so many options. And there is something that can work for you. And Jesus knows when you fast. There's huge power and unity and stepping out in faith and just trying something a little bit new or difficult. Now, believe me, I understand uh, that you may not enjoy fasting. I do not enjoy fasting. It's generally not that enjoyable a discipline, which is why most people don't do it. The actual fast, it's hard, it's awful, and it's meant to be. Uh, That's why most of us don't do it, right? It goes against the flesh, everything in us wants ease and convenience. But if Jesus goes out of his way to commend this practice to us, to prescribe it as a regular part of our spiritual life, as a discipline, uh, then I think as his disciples, we should sit up, pay attention and listen. There must be a very good reason that Jesus expects us to fast. So for me, obviously writing this, I took some time to reflect uh, on past times that I have fasted and I have done quite a few different fasts over the years. Uh, Many different church fasts, some personal ones, ones me and Steve have done together. And every time I have committed to a particular fast and seen it through, it's been hard. Let's not pretend. But that is definitely part of the importance of fasting. The wrestle with the flesh. 
the loss of ease when something is taken away. And it's an amazing experience because it forces you to stop, to think, to reflect, and hopefully to seek God. And as I was reflecting, it was really obvious to me that God has always, always moved in my life when I have fasted. Sometimes I hear his guidance on a particular issue, especially if that's why I'm fasting. Sometimes I've had revelation about the scriptures. Sometimes I'm drawn into a deeper prayer life, a deeper relationship with God. And sometimes it's nothing dramatic, but I feel that gentle and steady hand of the Holy Spirit working in me, calling me to be more patient, helping me with forgiveness, taking away bad attitudes, bitterness, envy. I love that stuff, right? It's like the continual cleaning out and cleaning up of the heart. It makes space for that. When life is so jumbled and full and fast paced, set aside this time. Say, God, work on my heart. I'm choosing to seek you above all of this other stuff. So it's worth it. So a little bit further on in Matthew 9, 14 to 15, we read this. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast. So it's important to understand here that Jesus is not teaching on whether we should or should not fast. He's assuming that we will fast And he's teaching us something about how to do it, how not to do it. So first, a couple practical things about how not to fast. If you've never fasted food before, don't suddenly decide on a week-long food fast. Uh, Not only will you not be able to endure it mentally, your body will probably freak out uh, and not cope very well. You won't be able to focus or have energy for your work or your family. If you are pregnant or have health considerations, don't make rash decisions uh, about doing a three-week vegan diet. Please, you need to make sure that your body is getting all of the nutrients uh, that it needs to remain healthy. Do some research. Take your time and make an informed decision about what is safe for you. Please don't kind of hear what someone else is doing and think, I'll do that, uh, and jump in and start doing that without actually uh, making the preparations that you need to make to make sure what is available to you to stay healthy. We need to fast in a way that does not endanger our bodies. Fasting should be difficult, but not unsafe for your health. Also, think about timing. Don't choose to do a three-day fast when you have a wedding coming up or a 21st to be at. That would be awkward. Do it when you don't have family coming to stay. Look at your calendar. Consider it. When can I do this fast? How can I make it work? And book it in. 
So these things are important considerations. But even more importantly than that is the warning of Jesus about the spiritual danger of fasting with the wrong motives. I'm going to hazard a guess uh, that perhaps some of those Pharisees mentioned in Matthew 9 were fasting for the wrong reasons, hypocritically, probably out of religious obligation, pride to be seen by others. Jesus warns us back in Matthew 6, verse 16, to not be like the hypocrites. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. So the hypocrites engage in this spiritual discipline of fasting, but they do it with a selfish motive. They fast to be seen by others. This is the reward that they are after. They want to be seen and praised by people who are watching, watching how they live. They want to be admired as being spiritual and strong. We should be honest, I think, with each other, with ourselves, and confess that there is a part of us which loves that kind of recognition, the praise of people. Naturally, we love when kind of much is made of our accomplishments, and I think this can be true also for our spiritual accomplishments too. So let's not be too quick to roll our eyes or shake our heads at these hypocrites. It's far too easy for us to become one too, if we are not careful. Jesus says of them in the last part of verse 16, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. In other words, if that is the reward that you are aiming for in your fasting, you may very well get it, the praise and recognition of man, but that's where it stops. That will be all that you get. So the main danger uh, of hypocrisy in fasting is that the fasting hypocrite will get probably what they desire, the praise of man. But in getting that reward that they're seeking, they miss out on the greater reward, the more important reward that God offers. So please don't sell yourself short this morning. Don't be a hypocrite in your fasting. So now let's look at how to fast. In verses 17 and 18, Jesus gives the alternative to fasting hypocritically. This is what, this is how he wants it to be done. Matthew 6, 17 to 18. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. Now some take this the wrong way. They're a little bit superstitious about fasting, thinking that if anyone discovers that they are fasting, they've lost their reward. There it goes. But actually, uh, we see in the Bible many examples of public fasting, like we're doing this month. We see it in the Bible. It's okay for others to know that you are fasting. For example, in the book of Acts, fasting is an important part of making significant decisions. In Acts 13, 1 to 3, it says, now there, now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, 
Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. They're doing it together, corporately. Acts 14, 21 to 23. When they had preached the gospel to that city and they had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening their souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. It's okay for other people to know you're fasting. Don't be superstitious or weird about it. We don't forfeit our reward if someone else notices that you are fasting. And obviously, we're fasting together here. We're telling you, we will be fasting. That's okay. I will be fasting. I have not lost my reward. It is possible to be seen by men while you are fasting, but not to fast to be seen by men. There's a big difference, right? The attitude of our heart. So what is Jesus saying then? He says, to us that when we are fasting, we shouldn't make the effort to do it to be seen, to be noticed as, oh, we're making a big sacrifice, going through this hardship. In fact, he says, make every effort in the opposite direction. Make an effort not to be noticed. Don't make a big deal of what you're doing. When Jesus says, wash your face, he means do what you need to do so that as far as it depends on you, you're fast does not attract the praise and recognition of people. But we love to be seen, don't we? We want someone to notice what we're giving up. We crave it. And of course, we are fasting to be seen, but not by people, by God, that we would be seen and noticed and heard by God. We're doing it to draw near to him. Jesus says, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. I love how this translation says, your Father who is in secret. Now God is not a secret, nor does he want to be kept a secret, but rather it is implying that God sees what we do in secret. It reads a little more clearly that way in the NIV. God sees your heart. He's an expert at reading our motives, for better or worse. And thankfully, He has gifted us the Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us, to correct any wrong motives. The Holy Spirit will help us to not be hypocritical in what we do. And you know, there's, there's a kind of spirituality uh, that does good things only if and when people are watching. But obviously that is purely to gratify one's self, 
self-indulgent, focused on filling that longing to be praised by others. It's a bottomless pit to go hunting in. You know, our craving to be seen, recognised, praised by others, it doesn't leave you feeling satisfied for long. It's a very short-lived pleasure. So we must, as Christians, train ourselves to be true disciples, to have discipline, to do good all the time, regardless of whether it is being seen by others or not. God sees it. That is what truly counts. God who is waiting for you in the secret place, He sees it. He sees what is done in secret with the right motives to please God and not man. So God is calling you this morning, this month, and always for a radical focus on Him. On Him. He's pushing you to have that real, authentic relationship. You and Him. And to those who will give up the desire for the praise of people in order to seek God's attention in fasting, to draw near to Him, Jesus makes this promise at the end of verse 18. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Isn't that the reward you want? Above the praise of man, so short-lived, unfulfilling, heavenly reward. God sees you. He will see you fasting. He is the one we need to draw near to, to be seen by. He sees that our heart is not seeking the ordinary pleasures of human admiration or praise, but rather let's seek that deep relationship with Him. You know, and He sees when you're fasting, you're not acting out of strength (laughs) to impress others with your discipline, but really out of weakness, out of an earnestness to be able to do something to express to God how much you desire Him, how much you need Him. Let Him be your greatest longing. We need Him to act and move in our lives. We need Him in greater degrees to move in our lives. Let's take time this month to show God we are serious about you, God. I will give up food for you. I will give up my greatest pleasures in my day for you. How much do we want God? How serious are we? Surely we can make a little sacrifice to show God how earnest we are in seeking Him. And when He sees, He responds. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. What a promise. What a promise. And as I mentioned near the beginning, man, I have seen this promise. I know this promise to be true in my life. I've put it to the test. When I fast, God moves. He has never disappointed me. He rewards me with more of His presence, 
more of his spirit, more of his peace, more of his guidance. You know, the list of rewards that God could bring into your life is endless. Is endless. He knows what you need and he is a good and gracious father. Your heavenly father adores you. There is nothing he would not do. He gave up his son for you. So why not do something a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit special this month to show him how much you adore him back, how grateful and thankful you are for all He has already done in your life. So after church this afternoon, can I encourage you, head to the website, have a read of some options, have a pray, seek God. God, what would you have me give up this month? What can I do for you? Have a read, get to know everything that's on there. And come back again tonight at 6 p.m. What a great way to kick off this month of prayer and fasting with putting aside an hour to pray together, to worship, simply to be in His presence. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has blessed you. For more information about our church, you can find us online at c3grow.org.